Hello and welcome to Paddy'sGotYour6.com. We are at the American Legion, Post 771 in beautiful Gurney, Illinois. Uh, with me is my spotter, my lovely wife, Kathy. And Kath, can you tell the uh, listeners out there <laughs> how they can follow us? Sure. Um, check us out at VeteransHelpingHeroes.com. From there you can see what we're about and uh, get co- uh, connect to our podcast that we've already published and we're also on Facebook now, so find us and follow us on Facebook, Veterans Helping Heroes. And our guest today, we are honored immensely by Medal of Honor recipient, Ellen James Lynch. And sir, welcome aboard and thank you for your service. It's great to be here. Sir, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up? Well, I was born in Roseland uh, in 1945. Uh, Ways, ways back from here. There you go. Grew up uh, for the first probably six, seven years of my life in Roseland. And then we moved to Homewood and from there to Lake Elias, Indiana, where I spent my most of my grade school years from about third grade all the way through eighth. And then moved back to Dalton, Illinois. Moved back to Dalton, Illinois. There you go. And uh, went to high school at Thornridge and went into the Army from there. And then after the Army, moved back up, moved up here to uh, Waukegan where I worked at the uh, VA Medical Center, the old Downey VA Hospital. Uh-huh. And how old were you when you joined the Army? Right out of high school. I was 19, just turned 19. Wow. Yeah. So you went to Vietnam at 19 years of age? No, actually, I, I went to Germany. Uh, I turned 19 in, uh, on uh, October 28th, 1964, uh, like a week later, went into the army at uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. Fort Knox, Kentucky. And went to uh, officer candidate school at um, Fort Benning, Georgia, after advanced infantry training. And then I I did a drop on request because I wasn't uh, wasn't mature enough to be an officer. So. Wow. Uh, is there a story that goes with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was bullied when I was a kid in. Being bullied, I had a bad self-image and wasn't a very good student. I was a lot smarter than what I thought, but I had been given a lot of this. You know, you're, you've been picked on, you're bullied. You what? What are you doing? And mm. you know, so the army was starting to make me into a into a man and give me an idea of who I was and what I was doing. But uh, I got to OCS, and that that's like basic training on steroids. I mean, ev- everything you do is you're being yelled at, you have to run, mm. you have to think, you have to do this stuff, and it's pressure situations, which you want your officers to be able to withstand pressure. And I had gotten to a point where I was just kind of had enough of it. And one day, um, I was supposed to, see, we, we had an honor, an honor thing. We were supposed to not do things, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We were supposed to do them without breaking the honor code. So it was my day to smuggle in pogey bait, which is <laughs> stuff. You know what pogey bait is. I sure do, sir. So it was my day to smu- uh, smuggle in the pogey bait, and um, I get all the way almost into the barracks where I would have been golden. But, oh, no, I got caught by a tack officer, yeah. and I had to pass out the pogey bait to my whole company, which was bad. But what made it even worse was I had to sing a song. <laughs> Every time I gave somebody a piece of candy, it was, here's some candy I bought for you. <laughs> and then they all sang back, we thank you. 
funniest damn thing that ever happened to me in my life. Yes, but the repercussions and were. I, w- I I was so I was so angry by the end of it. I was just I was just here's here I'm a bullied kid. I don't like to fight. I think I've had had one fight in basic training, and that was because I just got into it with somebody. And all I wanted to do was to take my tack officer out to the bayonet course and kick his ass. <laughs> And uh, we so we get halfway out there. We were, we were he was actually going to strip blouses with me. Oh. So we got halfway out, and he he turned to me. He says, "You know what?" He says, "You're never going to make an officer. We're going to cut you in two weeks, six weeks cut." He says, "You could be drinking beer this afternoon." Wow! All you have to do is dor drop on request. Drop on uh, request. He was right. I was drinking beer that afternoon. Wow. Where did they send you after that? I went to a little place called Gilhausen, Germany. Then I re-enlisted for Berlin, Germany, when it was still divided. And uh, from there, I volunteered for Vietnam with the 1st Cavalry Division, and that's where I served. Wow. And that's the Air Mobile, is that correct? Yes. I don't know anything about the Army. I was a jarhead. Air Mobile. So that's a 12th Cavalry Regiment. Right. Wow. Yeah, we were cut. We at that time we were cutting edge. Uh, Air Mobile was was new in 1965 with um, uh, the Battle of the Idrang, Helmore. It was uh, air assault by helicopter. We could get just about anywhere in our area of operation, RAO, within a matter of minutes. Wow. So you're in country six months, and lack of a better word, the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we had uh, we had been out in the field. We had actually been up to uh, Doc Toe, which is just a little bit north of our our uh, original AO, which was down in um, Anke, Wongsong Province, uh, Binden. And uh, we had just gotten back from from Doc Toe, and had walked into a probably be about thirty days of continuous firefights. Wow! And uh, what happened? We had been out in the field for so long, we got pulled back in the rear uh, for uh, a, a stand down. Most military guys know what that is, but it's uh, it's when you get pulled to the rear to get showers and get cleaned up a little bit, get some new fatigues, and get hot chow. Yeah, hot chow. Get your weapons tested. The shower was awesome. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we were supposed to be there for a couple of days. Well, our A company got hit. And they had walked into an ambush. Unbeknownst to us, they were nothing but bait. So late in the afternoon when we had just gotten back, they said, you're going to be air assaulted, and tomorrow a company is getting their butt kicked. And so what you have to do is to, uh, we're going to air assault, and we're going to try to hit the enemy from the flank. So we maneuvered around to try to do that. Uh, long story short, we walked into an ambush ourselves. I wow. had a brand new second, uh, first lieutenant that had demanded to get out to the field because uh, he wanted his command and he wanted to get with his men and all that. And I was his RTL radio operator, so I'm his shadow. And uh, he head up to the front, and I went up to the front where the shooting was with him right behind him. And uh, we were calling in, you know, different things to our our command staff and all that did you have fast movers fact intact and all that no just uh just us wow uh, not even air support at this time we we had been ambushed so this was in a matter of like you know three five minutes we we're right in the thick of things and how many men are you with you we had a uh, our company was down so we only had i think we had less than 100 if i remember good right. lord and opposition had what oh they had a lot 
Cadillac. And they were taken. They were doing pretty good on us. And one of our point men came back, was wounded. And he said uh, that Casares, who was uh, walking point with him, uh, had been shot in the shins. And so I, I got ducked back in. His name was Wilhelm. And uh, he said Casares was shot pretty bad. So I asked my LT if I could drop the radio and go get him. I was just going to go out, get him, bring him back. But I get out there and I was getting ready to take him back, and here comes Esparza. Uh, Joe Esparza lives in California, and uh, he gets shot about halfway out. So I went and got him and bet back in the ditch. And there we stayed. They tried to get to us several times um, to get us out, but, you know, the my brand-new lieutenant was killed trying to rescue us. Another guy was wounded. My company commander, Captain Orsini, was blown out of a, an APC, and that was it. We were pinned down for about four hours. The, the citation reads something different, but you know, I, I looked at after-action reports. And wow. Now, people got to realize you're 20 years old? 20 years old. Have you ever been out of the United States before? Just Germany. Just Germany, and then they sent you to Vietnam. Well, I went. I volunteered. Volunteer. I, I was not a good garrison soldier. I, was, <laughs> no. I had two Article 15s. I think you guys call them a captain's mask. That's right. I, I was a dud. What were the 15s for? Well, I smarted <laughs> off to my section sergeant. I, I told him all about his mother and his father and his, his heritage. <laughs> Back generations. And then the other one was actually was kind of a, a thing my uh, one of our buddies got a letter from home that kind of sent him off on the deep end. So yeah, me and another yep. guy went to get him. And, of course, we had to have several beers as we're talking him to come back into the barracks. So wow. we got the Article 15. He didn't. <laughs> All right, so this happened in 64? Um, was uh, it? Si- uh, the action took place December 15th, 67. Yeah. Right. So then um, how were you notified that you're up for? Well, I, I was pulled out of the rear uh I was pulled out of the out of the field when when I got back with the wounded. So uh, about two days later, I went back to my unit and I was met with "You're a real hero" and blah blah blah, and we're gonna we put you in for the Medal of Honor and wow. and I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, my chances of getting that, I mean, look at me. I'm a, you know, my my mind wasn't there. I just did what I had to do, and, and anybody would have done that. So. I forgot all about it, and then they, they pulled me out of the field because of it. And I rotated home, got out of the Army in 1969, got married, uh, got a job, was getting, uh, getting ready to get married. Uh, actually, uh, the day before we got married, Susie and I got married. In 1970? 1970. Now, listen to this, Kath. How were you notified? <laughs> listen to this. Okay. So before I went to Vietnam, there's this S-curve in Dalton. And I took it. I took it pretty fast because it was like 12 o'clock at night. I was going to ship out the next morning, get on a plane, and go. So I figured I always wanted to take this S-curve. I had no thought I was going to come back from Vietnam. So I took it really, really fast, and I got arrested. But because I was on orders, I couldn't do anything. They actually gave my dad the ticket, which cracked me up. <laughs> so I get off work the day before we get married, and I – Thought to myself, self, I said, you know, that S-curve worked for you pretty good the last time you took it, so I took it again. Only this time I took it much slower. It was daylight. I probably hit it about 55 and then slowed right down. And I noticed two cherry, two, you know, two cherries in the back following me. 
And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I decided, well, I'm going to go home. I'm going to cop the plea and just say, you know, officer, I'm getting married. You know, this was blah, 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 Vietnam. You know, I got work then. Now maybe, you know, I'll get off. So he pulls in the driveway right behind me and gets out of his car and he says, you're an officer. He says, uh, is your name Alan Lynch? I said, yes, it is. He says, is your social security number this? I said, yes, it is. And he says, I'll call this number. And I kind of, wait, what? He says, it's a good thing, just call this number. And I'm like, oh, okay then. <laughs> so I went in and called the number, got the same thing. And I said, well, you're going to get the Medal of Honor. Uh, Armed Forces Day, uh, President Nixon wants to give you and 12 other men the Congressional Medal of Honor. Can you believe that? No, is that still in your mind that you might get them or no? You just I, let it go. No, just let it go. I was I was picking up my life. I was working in a factory. Uh, this is before the factories all you know ended. Yeah. I was making. Um, I was working for Libby McNeely and Libby. I was having a great time. Uh, getting going to get married. You know, life is good. Yeah. And, then, and this happened. Wow, is that amazing? Yeah. So then, what do they do? They fly you to Washington. <laughs> Flew me first, and there is no other way to fly but first class. <laughs> I, I never flew first class before, <laughs> and I, I got hooked on it. I love flying first class. There you go. Um, got treated like a king. My, my mom and dad had a fly coach. My sister had a fly coach. My two, two, count them, two military aides had to fly coach. Me and my wife got to fly military first class. Military aides. Yeah. Had a oh. suite in Washington. I mean, it was just, it was freaking awesome. So you're presented in the White House, is that correct? Yeah. In the Oval Office or, or the Garden? I think it was the, um, I want to say East Wing. Okay. It's where they do all the ceremonies and press conferences and I guess mm -hmm. stuff like that. Then they gave us a VIP tour of the White House. Nice. And how was President Nixon? Very, very nice. I mean, um uh, shorter than I expect. You always expect the president to be, you know, really, Larger. really big. But yeah. but he was really short. Um, well, the, the two seconds I knew him, you know, he was a, a very nice man. Uh, I, I'm a little hard of hearing because, you know, I got tinnitus real bad. So he asked me a question, and I said, what? <laughs> For years, people would go, you know, they'd, they'd see the film of me getting the medal. And I said, what did you ask the president? And I said, what? <laughs> and they said, well, what did you ask the president? I said, what? <laughs> wow. Do you get invited to ceremonies or other Medal of Honor recipients? Used to, but no, no. no. Uh, they do it more local. Okay. Uh, so we have like four recipients that live close to D.C. and they usually attend, act as our liaison. Right. Yeah. Now, what is your responsibility being a Medal of Honor recipient? Um, you, you try to live up to it. Uh, this represents the best of the best. And why I have it, I don't know. But uh, you... It's really weird because you take on this this award and you think everything's going to go away. And back when I got it, there were still like almost, I want to say almost 600 uh, recipients alive. Oh, wow. And uh, so I got the award and I, I got a job with the VA, which they offered me as a benefits counselor. And I stayed there and attended conventions and stuff like that. But there were still a lot of recipients around. I did schools, did a lot of veteran events. Uh, was asked to attend a lot of, you know, speaking engagements and, and so on. 
it really hit me later on in life that it, it's I have to live a life a certain way. Uh, I, I don't dare, uh, and I don't want to live a, a life that would bring uh, dishonor to the to the metal. So I've I've tried, uh, especially over the last you know thirty years, to to live up to it. And you still serve with the VA, and that's amazing. Well, I, I have uh, I retired from the Illinois Attorney General's office in nineteen. I'm sorry, in uh, two thousand five, and I was going to because I had worked all my life with vets. I had uh, been the uh, director of the leader uh, Vietnam Veterans Leadership Program in Illinois, the chief of Veterans Rights for the Illinois Attorney General's office. Had done a lot of advocacy, helped write legislation, did stuff like that. When I retired, my mindset was. I'm going to retire. I'm going to learn how to play golf. I'm going to fish. I'm going to take care of my garden. And I'm not going to travel and do anything. And I made my plans, and God immediately had an hysterical laughing fit and said, wait till you see what I got planned for you now. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, You're the second uh, Medal of Honor recipient I met. And you, you have to be the most humble people. Yeah. Whoever makes these decisions has good instincts. It's amazing. <laughs> Utmost respect. And we're going to have the citation posted on our uh, Facebook and website. And I, everybody out there, please read it and understand what this man went through. All I, all I want to do whenever you say, you know, humble is, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> there you go. You know, I'm sorry, but maybe I, now's yeah. a good time to introduce combat karaoke. Yeah, there you go. You'll <laughs> be our like first contestant. You're a secret singer in there somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, you you wrote a book, and you tell us about your book. Yeah, um, I you know, being a bullied kid and, and, and going through a lot of years of post traumatic stress. Uh, when I retired, one of the things that happened was they brought the Medal of Honor convention to Chicago in in 2009. Uh, after that, I had um, Jennifer Pritzker and uh, a buddy of mine, John Schwann. They started getting on me about, you got to write your biography because you were bullied. Uh, you weren't a good student. You had a lot of failures, and look at you now. And uh, in addition to all of that, you, you dealt with post-traumatic stress, and people need to know your story. So I'm also a history nut. Uh, so I, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I wrote uh, Zero to Hero, Bully Kid to Warrior, and uh, it, it uh, w- was really difficult to write because I had to write it from the point of view of both that kid that was being bullied and the point of view of an adult that wanted to go back and slap the crap out of me <laughs> for being bullied. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is how smart I am. I was getting beat up, but I was afraid to fight because I might get hurt. Well, <laughs> I can relate to it. I'll tell you that can, much. Can you, you, you know, that, that's how dumb it is. And then, you know, dealing with post-traumatic stress and, and going through all of the stuff of, you know, survivor's guilt and, you know, flashbacks, anger, and all the other things that go with it. Um, and then learning how to combat it and, and, and effectively combat it. You know, they, 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 so I wrote it. Very good. Now, if, if somebody wants to get a copy of this book, it, it has to deal with the... Uh, Pritzker Military Museum, is it available there? It's available there, and it's available on Amazon. Okay, what? and everybody out there, I recommend highly that you get a copy of this book and read it and pass it on to your children and see what they get out of that. And while I have you here, today is the anniversary of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, you were in Vietnam at the time? No, I was in Germany. Germany. I, no, actually, actually, I was at I was at Fort Benning getting ready to go to OCS. Yeah. And there is a big controversy on that incident. McNamara oh. was secretary, and uh, the president was Johnson, if I'm, cor- or yeah. if I'm right on that. Yeah. And uh, that started or escalated the action in Vietnam. Yeah. And he was perpetrating it all along from the from the time he took office as president right after the Kennedy assassination. He was he was playing in waters he shouldn't have been playing in. That's what they say. And people in uniform and out of uniform were implying that Johnson was a coward. He was. He wow. was. Um, there is a great book by Robert Carroll, The Life and Times of Lyndon Johnson. It's four volumes, hopefully soon to be five. And this man was one of the worst human beings possible. Mm. Just a horrible man. The uh, other book that was out there was The Fog of a War. And in it, um, the Pentagon Papers, all that was released. And they said the second incident in the Gulf of Tonkin never happened. Yeah. That, and that was McNamara, and that stigma was stuck with him the, his entire life. Yeah. And uh, what they did was, in my viewpoint, criminal. They it started was. a war. Absolutely. Oh, boy. So um, can we talk a little bit about your foundation? Sure. And, uh, and one thing I got to say, thank you for coming in. And the gentleman that made this possible was our good friend, Al. Oh, Al Seiler. Al Seiler. From the Marine Corps League here in Lake County. And I interviewed him, and I said, hey, do you know who this Medal of Honor recipient is? There's a bridge named after him. And he goes, oh, yeah, you have a bridge named after you. Yes, I do. I'll never be homeless. I have a bridge I can live <laughs> under. They won't let me charge tolls. <laughs> See that? And it says, their big sign there, and every time I went over, I go, I got to Google, I got to Google, and then, like, oh, I know the guy. I said, oh, come wow. on. Come he goes, on. yeah. I said, can you get him on the uh, podcast? And he goes, I'm sure I could. He's a great guy. Yeah. And thank you and thank Al. But uh, that ceremony, Pat Quinn was governor. Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? That must have been exciting. They made me do it. <laughs> um, Mike Peck was the uh, superintendent of the Lake County BAC, and he started lobbying for it. And then he told me, he says, we're going to have a bridge named after you up here. And I says, I don't want a bridge. I'm not dead yet. Wow. And he says, well, you know, this is really important, you know, and you, you should do it. And we're going to, it was kind of like it's going to happen, so you might as well just deal with it. And I says, oh, oh okay then. Well, good. But it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, my, I think the coolest part of it was when my, one of my granddaughters was going over with some of her friends, and they said, you know, Alan Lynch Medal of Honor Bridge, you know, whatever. And I was like, is that? And she says, that's my grandpa. And it was like, that, that, that is wow. beyond, that, that's beyond cool. No, Absolutely. That's beyond cool. And you mentioned Lake County uh, Veterans uh, Group. They do amazing work, and they're right down the road here, by yeah. the way. Amazing yeah. work. So let's get back to your... Um, organization your foundation and if you could tell us a little bit about that that'd be great well we, we formed it in uh, 2012 to um, help veterans that have too much month at the end of the money mm. and then we we became a part of another organization as one of their programs and uh, we continued on doing those kind of things but then we had some um, philosophical and uh, differences with them 
and uh, decided to go back to being a foundation again. So we split from them right before COVID, 2019, we, we, we cut the cord. So we reformed, and now what we do is we uh, provide grants to other organizations uh, that have veterans in need. As an example, if, if uh, a Marine Corps League uh, has a veteran that, that comes and says, look, I'm, you know, I got a job, I'm working, but I can't make my rent this month. Can you help me out? We can provide a grant to them. We, wow. we worked with the Evanston American Legion. They had a, a young veteran that had an opportunity, but he had to go to Washington, D.C. to go to school. He had no means to get out there, so we provided uh, a grant for him to go out, uh, a hotel for him to live in while he was there getting training. I think it was about you know, four days, something like that. Beautiful. And we've partnered with, you know, Lake County Response for Veterans and, and different things. And we work with um, uh, an organization called Dark Horse Lodge that's building a place for combat vets, and, and I think it's Tennessee, uh, for us to get away and uh, get some peace. You know, out in, and for me, no place gives you peace like out in the woods or close to a fishing pond or something like that. That's absolutely true on that. Now, if people want to help your cause, there, what can they do? They can go to our website, ajlynchfoundation.org. Um, Google us. And um, if, they, if they're looking for a grant, you know, as an example, if, if um, uh, we did a thing with Women's Wellness, uh, where they had a, a, a Women's Wellness Day in Chicago, we helped fund that. Uh, we helped fund the uh, first all-women's uh, honor flight. Uh, so it's just a matter of tell us what you need and uh, let us know that you're 501c3. And, and you're legitimate and all that and what you're doing, and we'll be happy to help you out if we can. Oh, that's super. All right, sir, again, humbly thank you so much for coming on, and you're a great patriot and a great American, and thank you so much. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And everybody out there, get that book, read it, and pass it along. Great read, great read. Again, all right, thank you, and everybody have a great day.